kids first coming attractions before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the voice america empowerment channel we'll take you behind the scenes interview celebrities and review new movies tv shows and digital releases now here are your hosts from kids first coming attractions Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Ors, and right now we're going to be talking about a lot of great movies. And the first movie we're going to be talking about this day is Dark Waters, and we're going to be talking with Benjamin about it. And Benjamin, the first thing I want to know about this film, Dark Waters, is what did you think of the story? For people who don't know, Dark Waters is based off a true, very real-life story about a chemical company that was poisoning a community. But Benjamin, I'll let you talk about it. what did you think of this film? I enjoyed this film. I think it's a really fascinating story. Um, I just thought the way it was told was a little conventional. Okay. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Why did you feel it was conventional? Sure. I just felt in terms of the structure um, and things like that, we've seen this movie told before um, in uh, different stories, but told the same way um, and arguably better, too. You know that you do make a good point that I was thinking about when I was looking at this film. There has been a lot of whistleblower films recently, and that's probably to do with politics and the news right now. But a very good example is Amazon Prime's The Report, which is a very similar kind of story arc where it's somebody who is part of roughly the establishment calling out the establishment about something and kind of getting shunned for it. And this is kind of like a different take on that concept. And there's been a lot of films about that because there's a lot of those moments recently. So do you think, do you think that it does stand lesser than the, than its other kind of genre uh, brethren, I guess? Um, I'd say stylistically, um, it's pretty distinctive. Uh, I just felt as if the characters um, were poorly written. And just you didn't get a feel who for who they were, particularly the protagonist. Um, I believe his name was uh, played by. Thank you, Rob Belot, played by Mark Ruffalo. You see a lot of what he stands for morally, but you never get a sense of what drives him to do the work he does, or who he is emotionally. Um, outside of a few scenes. Hmm. That's very disappointing to hear because with these films, when you're focusing on one whistleblower, it is, you're right, very important to understand the character, understand the reasons they're doing it. So do you think that the actors did a good performance? Because like you said, Mark Ruffler plays the main character. We also have uh, Anne Hathaway, William Jackson Harper, Tim Robbins. I mean, these are phenomenal actors who really can bring out well-written characters. So what do you think of the performance aside from the writing? Um, I enjoyed Mark Ruffalo's performance. Uh, I really thought he got a chance to shine in the legal scenes. He plays him with conviction and determination. I just felt the character doesn't really get a lot of bombastic showcases. Uh, so Mark Ruffalo, and I liked that he didn't go for the um, the big showcase. He did sort of keep it subtle and nuanced. And um, Anne Hathaway is sort of the exact opposite. Uh, she really... Um, her role feels overdone and exaggerated, and I felt like she kind of took me out of the movie. 
Hmm. You know, that is a big problem, especially with films that are heavily into drama like this one. This is a very serious topic, very serious film. So I'm sad to hear that she did take it a little bit overboard. But you were talking about, well, we were talking about the execution of the story. And I'd also like to know a little bit about the morals because a story like this, where it's kind of big corporation versus little American town, there's going to be a lot of morals in there. So how do you think the director and the writers did in communicating morals and messages to the audience? Sure. There's a lot of it's a very effective movie. It is not a it's not a pleasant experience. They don't um, they're not afraid of depicting the damage that these corporations did and really making you um, hate uh, DuPont um, showcasing not only the lies that they destroyed, but the communities, too. And I felt that uh, it did a good job of getting you riled up against this corporate machine that hurt so many people. You know, I'm going to ask something that may seem a little bit odd, but how did they kind of portray DuPont as the antagonist? Because very often, you know, we portray the antagonist as this all evil person. But of course, it is still a corporation that is still a business trying to do a business thing, staying business, making a profit, giving money back to the investor. So I'd love to know, how did they portray, you know, the big uh, suits in the film, I guess I'm asking? Um, I'd say they they don't get as much depth as maybe some of the main characters do. They're just sort of portrayed as bad and only that, which I'm sure they're probably more than that. But for the story this movie is telling, that's kind of the way you need to see these people. Yeah, it's almost always a little bit more complicated than what films show. You're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. Right now we're talking to Benjamin on the brand new film, Dark Waters. And Benjamin, I want to sidetrack from the story and the characters a little bit and talk about the cinematography and the lighting. Because what really struck my attention when I was watching the trailer and just a clip from this was the color palette was amazing. You, Like you said, you really got into the mood and the tone extremely quickly. But what did you think about the uh, color palette, the cinematography, lighting, everything? Um, I'm conflicted on the color palette in this film. I do think it's very booty and gets you into the tone of the film, and it's very effective and just making you, uh, I guess, uncomfortable in a good in a good way, though. Um, I just felt like also though it just gave the film a really dull scene, um, and the director Todd Haynes, his movies usually have these broad stylistic flourishes, so it was a little disappointing to see. A movie with a look, um, a film of his with a look that's so dull. Mm. It's possible, you know, they kind of went too much into the drama and wanted to really capture that darker, uh, secretive feel that the story has. But of course, sometimes you can get creative with coloring. And what did you think of the cinematography in general? I enjoyed the cinematography. I don't have much to comment on, actually. <laughs> That generally means they did their job well. Yeah, I guess so. And overall, I know you kind of talked a little a little bit about how the story was failed in some places, but do you still have a favorite scene? My favorite scene, and I think props to the editors on this one, there's a scene where Mark Ruffle or Rob Lott has begun to piece together this investigation and is starting to uncover these years of wrongdoing by DuPont. And he starts telling his wife, and then 
you're cutting and then it cuts to him telling his boss and then it cuts to him telling his cousin and it goes back and forth and I thought it was a really well cut scene and a very compelling one because not only are you learning about all this evidence but um the way it's cut together just it's very snappy and um yeah and direct you know I'm really glad to hear editing being complimented because to be honest I haven't had a lot of compliments for editing in a very long time in film I don't know if you've noticed this, but editing has not been at its prime recently. And that kind of reminds me of a clip from the accountant when he's figuring out some sort of balancing thing for the company he's working at. And they just edit it brilliantly. I mean, it's not that entertaining of a concept. It's some guy doing some accounting math, but it just looks so great because of the editing and the scoring. And sidetracking to scoring, was there a score in the film and did it help the story? Uh, this is another one where I guess if I didn't really notice, they sort of did their job. Yeah, the score's pretty bland, honestly. Um, it doesn't really help the overall mood of the story um, in any real way. You know, my personal opinion, I think dramatic films like this can really benefit from a well-made scores because some of the best scores we got from cinema were either from action films or from really dramatic stories like this one, like Dark Waters. What do you think? Do you think that a score would have helped it? Oh, absolutely. I think I will say in the scene I in the scene I cited as my favorite, there is the music is a driving force of getting you excited or not excited, but um enthralled by the scene and i think music can really help influence an audience um and if how an uh, how a moment hits um and so absolutely yeah dramatic scores are uh, some of the best uh, i absolutely agree with that statement and sadly we are running out of time but before we go i'd love to know from you overall how many stars would you give this film and why i'm gonna give it three out of five it has some solid performances. Um, a really interest. It's really interesting stylistically, and it and it's an important story. And I understand why it was told. Uh, I had some issues with the way it was told, but overall, I enjoyed the film. Well, it seems like it's still an interesting film to see. I definitely recommend the audience to check it out either way. Benjamin, thank you so much for talking to us about Dark Waters. Thank you for having me. Of course. For our audience, let's take a break. I'm your host, Jerry Ors from Los Angeles, signing off. This week's show is sponsored by Molong Season 3. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First film critic boot camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. 
for teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about Dark Waters, and next we will be talking with Will about Frozen 2. Watched this last week, actually, and I really liked the first one, but I, and I did, did think this was a satisfying sequel, but I didn't think it was as good as the first. What were your opinions on this, Will? Honestly, I do also think that the first one was better but at the same time, the second one was really good, and I feel like there was more action in it than the first one. Agreed. I did think it was a little bit darker at times, but it worked because the characters were maturing. I mean, so, of course, let's start off with the um, the performances. What did you think of the voice acting in the movie, and who was your favorite voice actor and character? I thought the voice acting was really good, and I think... My favorite voice actor was Olaf, Josh, yeah, uh, Josh Gad. Yeah, Josh Gad was really good. What do you think of the scene where he was recapping the event to the first movie? I think that has to be one of the best. Yeah, I think that was actually my favorite scene out of the entire movie. So you did um, talk about how this has more of an action-oriented focus. What do you think of the various action scenes and the animation behind it? You know, you got to admire the hard work they're putting in. I, I think the animation definitely re- really expresses how like the mood is in each scene and it really just gives a lot of like feeling to the movie of course it wouldn't be frozen without all the various musical numbers and while we had let it be in the last movie we have into the unknown in this movie and a lot more what did you think about the music the music and did you think it was as good as the first honestly uh, I- i've seen the movie Frozen 2 twice, and the first time I saw it, I actually, honestly, like, when I saw Frozen, when I walked out of the theater, I was like, oh my gosh, all these songs are so catchy, and they're in my head, but the first time I saw Frozen 2, um, they weren't really, but the second time, I definitely remember some of them. Agreed. I feel like I'd feel the same way when watching it a second time. What do you think were some messages that could be taken away from the movie? I think, like, one of them would be if you feel like that you've lost hope, you should always do the next right thing. Agreed. There was a really good scene, which I can't spoil, where Anna is faced in such a situation, and I thought that was one of the more emotional of the movie. Do you feel like this could be a lot scarier for young kids compared to the first yeah, I, I do think that it, it wouldn't be 
honestly, like, it is a little darker than the first one. So I would really just recommend it for older children. Of course. But what was your favorite scene in the movie? I think definitely my favorite scene was when Olaf was recapping the first movie. Agreed. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. But if you did have a second favorite one, what would it be? I think my second favorite would also actually be Olaf. Like, the the song that he sings about how everything will make sense when he's older. Oh, I, I agree. I really love that one. I don't know exactly what it's called, but you got the gist of it. It's, uh... I did, I did like that Olaf matures into a character. There's a lot of dark comedy that I appreciated as well. Like, he says a lot of dark things, but it's very funny when you're watching it over uh, overall. What would you say the star in age rating is for the movie? Because we did talk about it being a little darker than the first. I would give this film four out of five stars and probably ac- uh, recommend it for children ages 7 to 12. Well... You've just been hearing from the wonderful Will about Frozen 2. Check this one out in theaters. And of course, you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we are talking about Dark Waters, Frozen 2, The Aeronauts, Christmas with Malong, Two Popes, Knives Out, and Merry Christmas, Llama Llama. And right now, we're continuing the segment, and I am talking to uh, Bella about The Aeronauts. Now, I have not seen this movie, but I have seen the trailers, and it looks very intense. What were your thoughts about this movie? Um, I really love this because when they go up into the balloon, um, the visual effects are very realistic, and I felt like I was actually there. I agreed. That's exactly what I wanted to hear, and now I'm more interested to check it out. Um, now, for viewers that don't know about the plot, what would you say is the story of the movie? Um, it's about a young widow, Amelia Wren, who is played by Felicity Jones, and a scientist who's named James Glacier, who's played by Eddie Redmayne. They both go into a gas air balloon to try and make discoveries which would change the world. In the epic journey, they feel like they learn more about themselves and each other. That sounds like a very good plot overall and very interesting and uh would you say that if one were to watch the trailer it had an almost thriller aspect to it do you feel like it's mostly a thriller or mostly like an exploration movie i would say that it's more of an exploration movie yet there are some scenes that make it seem like a thriller all right that is good to hear what do you think about the performances in the movie we of course have uh big names like eddie redmayne love eddie redmayne and Felicity Jones, of course. Uh, how were their performances? Felicity Jones, she really brought life to her parts, as as well as Eddie Redmayne. They just made it actually feel like they weren't actors, but actual people there. Amazing to hear. What did you think about the special effects overall? I think you did mention it being quite impressive. Yeah, The special effects are amazing because when you look at the balloon from the outside, it looks very real. That's very interesting. Um, Was there a lot of green screen and CGI? No, because the balloon actually went up in the film. Oh, that's impressive. So do you know if um, 
in some scenes it was actually Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones, or were, did they have stunt doubles for some of the scenes? Because I could imagine there's a lot of um, danger behind uh, the balloon. I feel like there were some stunt people there because the, there were really dangerous parts in the movie. Now, of course, uh, Jerry was mentioning earlier about um, editing in movies, and this seems like a this looks like a movie where um, editing could play a um, key aspect in uh, um, certain scenes and how the audience must feel about them. What did you think about the editing here? I feel like the editing was very well done, and the visual effects were very realistic. So the editing was very nice. That's good to hear. Um, also, how was the soundtrack? The sound was very uh, realistic, and I just loved it so much. That's good to hear. So, good sound design and editing. Definitely check out the Aeronauts. What would you say is your um, star and age rating for this? Uh, I give this a 5 out of 5 stars and recommend it to ages 13 to 18, and a, as well as adults. That's good to hear. You've just been hearing from the wonderful Bella about the Aeronauts. Definitely go and check it out. It sounds like a very intense and um, exploratory movie. Uh, let's take a break. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Molang Season 3. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. 
Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Now we're going to be talking about a wonderful new show from Encircle Entertainment. It is Christmas with Molang, and we're going to be talking with Catherine, Tiana, and Jolene about this. And Catherine, let's start with you. The first thing I want to know about is the animation, because when I just looked up this show and just some stills from the show, I was baffled by how adorable everything was. So I'd love to know from you. What did you think of the animation and the character design? The animation was simply the cutest thing I've ever seen. I don't know how they do it, but however they do, it's adorable. Honestly, just for the, I know this is meant for kids, but just for that, those cute creatures, I want to see this. But Tiana, I want to know your opinion. Overall, do you think that Christmas with Moling would be good for kids? Why or why not? Um, I think that Christmas with Molong is a very good movie for kids because it's something that ties into like a lot of things that happens with Christmas and things that little kids love, like presents and Santa. And so I think it's a really good thing that younger kids should really watch. That's wonderful to hear. And Jolene, I know a lot of parents really want their kids to be able to learn while they're also getting entertained. And Christmas especially has a very rich and wonderful culture and history that kids can learn about. So would you say that this show is educational or is it strictly entertainment? Um, It's educational in the sense that it teaches good lessons and morals about how you should be helping others during Christmas time and giving to others, not only receiving other presents. So I would say yes. Well, that's very wonderful and very valuable for kids to learn. And Catherine, overall, do you think that the morals are communicated in an entertainment way? Because even very young kids, they know when they're being taught and they know when they're being entertained. Would you say this is still doing a good job at creating an entertaining story and characters for the audience? Yeah, I would. I mean, honestly, so it's just cute little adventures of little bunny rabbit and an itty little bitty chick and i mean yeah it's just very entertaining to watch them that's wonderful to hear and tiana we just heard about the wonderful beautiful creatures that are absolutely adorable but i also love to know throughout the entire story what would you say is your favorite part and why the my favorite part of christmas with molong is probably the part inside one of the episodes where molong and pew pew go ice skating and so the molong is doing this trick and eventually though this is kind of like a sad part too molong lets go of pew pew's hands and then he lands on the back of a reindeer and it actually just takes off like a horse and it's very funny (laughs) That does sound funny. And Jolene, I'd also like to know, do you think that this would be a good family show? Because although I'm going to watch it just to see the adorable creatures, a lot of parents want to see something that they'll enjoy, too. They're going to be entertained with their children. So would you say that applies to families or just kids? Um, I think it would just be entertaining for the children because um, there's not a lot of whole, not, not a lot of crazy things happening like it's funny and it's cute but i don't think adults or like older children would necessarily enjoy watching that is very understandable you know 
my experience with young children's content when I was younger. I remember it's very rare to see something that's meant for younger children that apply, applies to a large audience because it's generally very simplistic. It's very bright colored. The story isn't that complicated because they wouldn't understand it at such a young age. But mm-hmm. overall, let's start with Catherine. How many stars would you give Christmas with Molang and why? Five stars. I mean, it's just adorable. I mean, who doesn't love any of the things in that? Yeah, just five out of five stars. Absolutely. I think the greatest achievement of animation so far in its history is creating adorable creatures. Tiana, how about you? How many stars do you give it? I also agree and would give it a five out of five stars. It's a very cute movie, like I said, for younger kids and even older kids, though, like the characters do speak in like an animated baby voice. So it might get annoying for older kids. But if you really like things Christmas and you still like watching cartoons and things like that, especially related to the Christmas spirit, I think it's a really good movie. And lastly, Jolene, how many stars do you give it? I also give it five out of five stars. Like they said, um, it is the perfect thing to watch during Christmas time. It really gets you in the Christmas spirit and excited for Christmas. Well, guys, thank you so much for talking to me about Christmas with Moling. For the audience, it seems like it would be an absolutely wonderful part of a Christmas evening. So definitely check it out. Just see if maybe you're interested. It does seem like something great for little kids. But... Let's switch gears. We are now going to talk to Catherine and Benjamin about a very, very different film. It is Netflix's most recent cinematic masterpiece, The Two Popes. Catherine, let's start with you again. What did you think of The Two Popes overall? What is just your overall opinion of everything that has to do with this film? You know, I liked it a lot more than I thought it would. It was actually kind of funny, and I learned a lot about Popes. And the acting was terrific, and also the actors will be really, really similar to uh, the actual Popes. You know, I have to agree. When I saw this film, I was so surprised by how entertaining it was. And let's just talk about the acting specifically right now because it's so good. We have the legend Jonathan Price playing Pope Francis and Anthony Hopkins playing Pope Benedict. There we go. So, Benjamin, what did you think of their absolutely amazing, in my opinion, amazing performances bringing the Popes to the big screen? They're both fantastic. These are two actors who have had long storied careers and um, have had numerous great performances before this one. And it's it's amazing to see them um, interact and sort of go at it. And um, it really it's really compelling. And they um, they have a great presence and know how to keep you entertained. You know, I feel like they also had a really strong chemistry. They're not, you know, a couple or anything, but they are supposed to appear to be friends on screen. And it seemed so natural. It seemed like they were best friends. And it seems like some of the shots were them just hanging out off camera. And they decided to record that. To me, that was one of the best parts of the film. But Catherine, I'd love to know from you, what did you think of the story? Because this is a very large story. It is talking about just two popes having conversation, debating things, but it has to do with so much more outside of that. So do you think they did a good job putting so much into the story? Do you think they should have cut some things out? I really think that they had the perfect amount of things and also... If you don't know much about popes and whatever, you can learn a lot from it. I definitely agree with that. It is surprisingly educational about how the Catholic Church works. And Benjamin, what do you think on the story? 
I really liked the story. Um, I felt like it's one of the rare movies about religion that doesn't feel preachy. And it doesn't fall to a trap of what um, many other films about this sort of topic, I feel, would. I feel like it's a movie about uh, Catholicism that anybody of any walk of life and religion could enjoy. That is just, such a good point. It's dealing with these, like, universal themes. Um, so, yeah. I really like that you brought that up because it's not religious at all. In fact, at some points, it looks like they're discussing philosophy, not religion, just because of how universal it is like you said these are universal lessons and speaking of the lessons and morals Catherine what do you think the moral of the film is and how do you think they achieved in communicating that to the audience well I think it is if you if something goes wrong that you can fix it and also it's okay to have different opinions that's very true. That's definitely very true. A big part of this film is that they're debating very different political opinions, you know, conservative versus liberal. It's a classic ideology gap, and it's discussed in this film beautifully. And Benjamin, I'd also like to touch on the cinematography because it is shot almost kind of documentary style in some parts. So what did you think of the cinematography? I really enjoyed the cinematography. Um, you don't expect a lot of really stunning shots in a film where it's just two people talking for most of the runtime. But um, I just the way they capture the beauty of the Vatican they recreated, it's uh, it's breathtaking. I love that when they got extremely close up to some of the portraits and paintings, because of course the Vatican is covered in art, and the Vatican just showing the different paintings by different famous artists portraying scenes from the Bible and God in general. It's just absolutely breathtaking to look at. And Catherine, overall, how many stars would you give the two popes and why? Five out of five stars. I loved it so much. I mean, it was hilarious, terrific acting. Everything was perfect. And Benjamin, how about you? I'm going to give it four out of five. Um, I thought it had some pacing issues. But uh, I think it's a movie that really everybody can enjoy. And um, that's, a, that's a rare occurrence these days. Absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. For the audience, it is going to be on Netflix, because this is a Netflix film, December 20th. And I absolutely recommend it myself. It is a solid film. Like uh, Catherine and Benjamin said, really solid film that shows such an interesting side about the Catholic Church that anybody can learn from. But let's take a break. I'm your host, Jerry Ors from Los Angeles. This week's show is sponsored by Molong Season 3. You're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First film critic boot camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Join the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday afternoon for the Empowered Kids series. It's two hours of programming geared toward our younger listeners and our young at heart listeners. We kick things off with Express Yourself Teen Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then keep up with your favorite movies on Kids First Coming Attractions at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. The Empowered Kids series every Sunday on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Dark Waters, Frozen 2, The Aeronauts, Christmas Christmas with Molong, and The Two Popes. And next, we'll be talking with Benjamin about Knives Out. I literally just watched this movie Sunday, and I absolutely loved it. One of the best this year. And I just thought it was a very stellar whodunit. What were your thoughts on this, Benjamin? I adore this movie. Um, I've already seen it twice. It's my favorite movie of the year. I just I think it works on so many levels. I think it's a really, a really really funny comedy. I think it's a compelling whodunit, but it has so much more to offer than just a big reveal. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Uh, when I watched the trailers, I was anticipating this highly and uh, I really do like Ryan Johnson as much things I didn't like about The Last Jedi which I do feel like a lot of people can walk into this movie with The Last Jedi hatred and end up not enjoying Knives Out but I feel like that'd just be blind if you're doing that but uh, I'm actually very pleased with the the final product and I thought as you said it was it was just a compelling movie overall what did you think about Ryan Johnson's direction and um, yeah I re- he has a clear passion for the whodunit genre um, and he pays homage to it in these really subtle ways. That uh, it never felt like he was over. It was too overt, and it always felt in good taste too. Yeah, it's a, it really is a fascinating way to follow up uh, making a film on one of the largest franchises of all time. Um, and I think no matter where you stand on the Last Jedi, this is a completely different movie. Just go in fresh. And um, just try to avoid previous biases. And um, I think you're really going to enjoy yourself. Agreed. Couldn't have said it better. Um, Now, we wouldn't have a proper conversation about Knives Out if we just didn't bring up all the big list talent with this movie. Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, who I think was personally the highlight of the movie. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, the list goes on. It's just a huge roster. And I, what I liked is that there's so many characters, but across the two-hour, ten-minute runtime, you really feel like everyone gets fleshed out. I mean, did you have any particular standouts you liked? Um, <laughs> Benoit Blanc. 
played by yeah. Daniel Craig. He's hilarious. The southern accent shouldn't work, but Craig commits to it wholeheartedly, and it's it's just so much fun. We are so familiar with seeing Craig um, in as 007, so it's really fun to see him sort of spread his wings and explore a new facet of um, his celebrity. Agreed. I I really liked um, Daniel Craig as Benoit Benoit Blanc. That's a hard name to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually have a friend named Benoit, so you know, shout out to him. But uh, <laughs> about that, uh, I really like the scene where he's just talking about donuts and and donut holes, <laughs> and he relates it to like the mystery. And and it's 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 something that sort of happens in the final act. We cannot spoil anything, but man, it was just a funny scene. There are um, so many good lines in this. There's movie. too many good lines in this movie to like unpack and and reveal. Really, what do you think about the soundtrack? I absolutely love the soundtrack. I really liked the score. It's there's a lot of like piano, um, and it certainly sort of gets. It feels very whodunit esque, uh, and yeah, I really liked the score, and it's um yeah. I agree. I think it's definitely it's it's one of the best this year. I mean, like. We've had movies like Joker and a lot of other movies that have a very um, instrumental heavy score. And I think this um, joins along those ladders and, and de- delivers one of the best scores I've heard this year. I mean, we're getting some really good movies this this month and and the score. And I mean, what do you think about the editing? I, I really enjoyed the editing, particularly in the um, the opening scene um, they with the interrogations. I just thought it was so slick and the way they intercut all these different interviews and it never felt like I never got lost. Um, And they always let you know, like, Benoit Blanc could be talking to someone and then he'd be talking to someone else and it's just seamless. And um, there was a really cool editing choice that I really admired the second time watching through where one character um, in a previous, so like the day before, throws a baseball out the window and then it cuts to Benoit and his crew walking out and seeing it I just yeah there's a lot of really impressive um editing in this film agreed I noticed that on a first time viewing and I absolutely loved the way that was edited and put together now I could talk about this movie all day but we only got five minutes for the segment so what is your star and age rating for this? I'm gonna give this five out of five stars and I'm going to give this an age rating of 12 to 18 because there's quite a bit of language, particularly in one, like, 30-second chunk. And there's some violence, too, but it's not too graphic. So, And it's one of those, I feel like it's a very much a movie you should probably go see with your family. And 5 out of 5, it's, it's wonderful. It's probably my favorite movie this year. Couldn't agree more. Definitely close to favorite for me as well. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we have been talking about Dark Waters... Dark, um, Frozen 2, The Aeronauts, Christmas with Molang, Two Popes, Knives Out, and we are continuing our discussion with Tiana about Merry Christmas, Llama Llama. Now, I don't know much about this movie. I do have uh, a picture of uh, the front cover, and it looks like a very uh, cute, you know, little kids movie. What, were, what was your opinions on this? Um, my opinion on Merry Christmas, Llama Llama is that it's a very good movie. Um, for little kids and a bit older kids, um, and it's it's just really nice. I like how it has all the snow, and then it has all the lessons, and it kind of goes through things that even friends go through today. 
that sounds like a very uh, nice um, summary. What would you say is the uh, main story of this uh, adventure? So, like, the main idea, main story of the whole thing is it's really just about friendship and being able to have friends that you can talk to and being able to be fair with your friends. And it really just ties into friendship. That's great to hear. Uh, is this like a series of episodes, or is it like uh, one big movie? So, actually, it is a series of episodes. There are three episodes in it. Which was your favorite? My favorite episode was... Um, well, I really liked all of them, but probably one of my favorite episodes was the bonus episode, um, Llama Llama Loves to Read. That's good to hear. What's uh, that one about? What Llama Llama loves to read is about is Llama Llama and his friends have to go to the library and pick out books to read to younger kids. And so Llama Llama can't find his favorite book to read. And Gilroy Go, his best friend, um, is too nervous to read out loud to the younger kids. And I was also going to say that I really like it because it shows how friends work together and it teaches you to just practice and practice and practice to where you can become good at whatever it is you want to do. That sounds absolutely tweet. What do you think about the animation overall? I can tell it's a cartoon. Yeah, so what I think about the animation is that it's very nice how they have all the Christmas colors in it and how they have the winter setting. It's just so pretty how they make all the colors come together with the animation of the movie. It's just really nice. That's good to hear. Is it hand-drawn in any way? Like, what sort of animation are we looking at here? I really don't know. I know that it actually is based on a book series. So it's like hand-drawn. That's good. What are some overall messages we could uh, take away from watching this? Um, the overall message that you could probably take away from Merry Christmas, Llama Llama is really just that you should be fair to all and that it's really important to be able to interact with your friends and really just have fun. That's good to hear. I mean, I did notice that uh, at the beginning of uh, this discussion, you did mention that uh, you do feel older kids could watch this. Do you? In what way do you think that's true? A way that I think that older kids could watch it is that really because of, like I was talking about the message, really because even with older kids, you sometimes they have problems with friendship and being fair to each other and stuff. And so I think that's really something that even older kids can get from it. That's um, good to know. Um, what would you say the age and star rating is? I would recommend it for ages 3 to 12 years old. And I give it a 5 out of 5 stars because it's a really cute movie. That's good to hear. Definitely, you know, Christmas is coming soon. And Merry Christmas, Llama Llama sounds like the great candidate to watch with your family amidst all the other more adult options like Knives Out and uh, other movies. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch the, our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, 
TV shows, music, and apps. And to learn how you can join our Kids First film critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsForWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality and Children's Media for Voice um, America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Malang Season 3. I'm R.G. Nair from Brentwood, Tennessee. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.